Well, good morning, St. Peter. Good morning. So, uh, I don't know if you saw our pictures from yesterday. We got out of the escape room. to be here to be inspired. 
The other task that I have is that when we talk about deep possession, and I will also be talking about gratitude, is that this is one of those sermons where everyone kind of recoils and sits there in anxiety and wonders why are we having this particular sermon. By now, everyone probably knows what this sermon is going to be about. It's the one sermon that preachers like me just absolutely dread having to preach. It's the one sermon that makes people wonder why we have in this sermon. Is something wrong? Is something bad? It's the one sermon where people say, well, Pastor, you're not biblical about all these other things, but you want to get biblical about this thing. Yes, my friends, this morning we're talking about M-O-N-E-Y. And so I tell you this so that you can kind of start working on yourself to uncoil yourself from the anxiety that is swole up in you when I say we're going to be talking about money. I'm telling you this ahead of time so that you can get to work on your mind, putting it in the right place that it needs to be in. I'm telling you this also because we're going to talk about that traditional thing that people, you know, usually talk about in churches around here, and it's time. Everybody ready? Bring it. Okay. So just keep working on yourself, because I know some of you are going to get some anxiety. Let, let me first start with saying, St. Peter United is not like other typical churches. We do not have a perpetual building fund. You know the fund you put money in and nothing ever gets done? <laughs> I've been in some churches where there was a building fund and the front stairs were falling off. And I remember, I was like, Mama, you brought me to this church 10 years ago. The building fund is still running. Why the stairs not fixed I ain't telling nobody, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm setting the stage because I need to work with all of the stuff and the baggage that we have around tithing and giving. That's not the kind of church that this is. This is the kind of church where we collectively put in together to make something good and amazing happen. This is also not the kind of church where the pastor gets to skim a little out of the offering plate or out of the bank account so he can pay for his Cadillac. I know I'm shaking some turkey, but I just, I just, I, we all have a church that God has called us to for the appointed place and time. We bless all those others who move and go about the world in the way that they do. Amen. Amen. But that is not the kind of church that this is. Some of you may not be too aware, but every year we vote on a budget. So in regards to my salary, in regards to what we pay the rest of the staff, all of that stuff is locked in for the year. In fact, when we go to vote on the budget, that is time and more time to look at the budget and say, wow, what do I think about these numbers? Where is my heart attracted to these numbers? What do these numbers mean? How do I want to give to these particular numbers? A budget for a church like ours is a document that talks about what we value and what we place our concern and our mission focus on. So that is different from some other churches. 
I know some of y'all are worn out with all of these church meetings. I get it. I'm tired of them too, but we have to do them. The reason we do them is so that we're being transparent. So that when the pastor gets up and preach about tithing, you already know where he or she is coming from in that particular sermon. So let me also set this up and say that the state of the church, I almost made a joke about the state of the union and the state of the church, but I'm not going The state of the church is fine. We are, yes, that's <laughs> We are A, okay, everything is fine. <laughs> Several of you are very generous and very kind and very supportive of the church. The ask is, so I can give you some background after this, but here's the simple ask. Many of us don't believe in tithing. We believe in giving out of our abundance and what we can give to help support the church, so we give. Some of us do believe in tithing, but we may not be able to see where it is we can give at that particular level. And some of us are just living in this, you know, I'm liberal, that doesn't apply to me, I'm gonna give and do what I can to support my church, and I'm gonna give a great amount of what have The ask is simply this, for 40 days, we're going to have three Lenten commitments. So no matter where you fall currently, the ask is this, for you to tithe 10% for 40 days. One pastor said, most people can sit on a tap for 40 days. <laughs> it is a 40-day commitment to tithe 10% or more for the people who are doing more than that, but a 40-day commitment. On Easter, we will relaunch St. Peter United. There are a lot of plans that we have. We want to invite a lot of people out. We want to do all of those things. But what we are asking is for, is for the 40 days we tithe 10%. Together, collectively, as a church. That means some of us are going to have to step it up. That means some of us are going to have to step it up. <laughs> that means some of us are going to have to step it up. So it doesn't matter what your giving level is. I will allow Cindy and the board and Adam to talk more about all the particulars around the details because I don't know what anybody gives. I don't care to know what you give, all of that is handled by the leadership council and the board of trustees. So again, we're not that kind of church. What I'm asking for is for us to collectively pull together and to say we love this church, we support this church, and we have great hopes and dreams and desires for it to reach this community and to reach the rest of the world. So that is why we have three commitments and I'm doing this one first, so you have three weeks to get your stuff together. <laughs> Go home and get your stuff together, think about it, and how you can, can work it out. Now, those details are done. Now, what does this mean? What 
is the Bible telling us about all of these things? I heard when Joshua was reading about the poor widow, I think it was Edna or Carol behind me, when, she, when it said that this widow gave everything that she had, she had, but she from a hopeless poverty has given everything she had, even what she needed to live on. And I think it was, was that your Carol? And went, that is a tall, that, that was that. What, what a tall order. This widow who is poor and broke, she comes forth in the temple, gives her last penny, gives all that she has to live on. And Jesus looks around and says to all of these other people, all of you are giving out of your abundance. You're giving because you have the spare change. You're giving because it's comfortable for you to give. You're giving because you want your name on things and you have the disposable income. But this woman came forward and gave her last. She came forward and gave her all. Here is the kicker. She is giving to the temple that is supposed to be supporting her. The tithe was set up in the church so that they could give to the widows and the orphans. But the temple had become corrupt. And we've talked about this before. The temple had started doing things like having payday loans and high credit cards and high interest rates so that other people like the poor widow and the indentured servants and the slaves could not get out of the situation that they were in. So here comes the widow to the temple to give the very last of what she had to the temple that is also depriving her of being living in her abundance. She is giving to the temple that is keeping her in, in the same situation she is in. But she gives to the temple because she understands that what has been designed and what has been set up is for us to give out of a place of gratitude and out of a place of abundance. I'm not asking you to wreck your life for the next 40 days. That is not the ask. I remember Marcus and I, we were at this one New Year's Eve church service, and the pastor, he, I need a hundred people with a thousand dollars to stand up, come down here and put it in the place. And a hundred people got up, well, wrote the check, got up, went down, put it in the place. Then he said, I need another hundred people with five hundred dollars. This went on for about 15 minutes. And I'm thinking, you know, okay, well, this is interesting. But the woman that was sitting in front of Marcus and I and wrote the thousand dollar check when she got back to her seat, she looked very sad. <laughs> <laughs> and we were joking about it kind of, you know, on the way home. I said, she knows she had a water bill, a light bill, a phone bill. She had groceries to buy. And this man has just, this church in this sermon has just asked this woman to give her very last for very long. The scripture attests to this widow doing that. We live in a total different time and in a total different place. The ask for the next 40 days is not for you to ruin your life and to wreck yourself. 
The ask is for you to prayerfully consider what is the sacrificial gratitude offering that you can make for the next 40 days to support the church. Here we look to thinking about giving to God out of a place of gratitude. The first tithe that was ever given in the book of Numbers, I'm sorry, in Genesis, was from Abraham to Melchizedek because he was grateful for what Melchizedek had done for him. And he gave it out of gratitude to God for what was done. It was given out of gratitude and not so much in a response to. So it was given out of a place of saying, God, I am thankful for what you have done. I am thankful for how you have blessed me. Therefore, I give back to you what you have so freely given to me. It was not out of a place of saying, let me give so I can continue to get. It was not out of a place of saying, let me give so I can move God to do some more in my life. It was out of a place of saying, God, you have so richly blessed me abundantly and above all I can ever ask or think. And so out of a place of gratitude, I hereby do give you this 10%. It is out of that 10% that all of the other givings that we see in the Bible have come about and created the legacy that we have now today around giving. Now, I see some pouts. It's one sermon a year. It's all right. But let me help you with something else. Many of you are not broke. You think you are. You're living in a place of abundance. You're living in a place where there is the potential for you to demonstrate your gratitude for all that God has done to you, for you. And you're living in a place to where you can find a way. Marcus and I were talking with Yanni and Joaquin the other night. We went out and had dinner with, with uh, Leah and Courtney. And we were just talking about we used to go to Buco the Devil a lot. We'd eat there a lot when we first got together when we first met. And oh, we were so broke. We were so struggling to get by. And we would go and, and I'd order a bottle of Chianti and we'd get the lasagna Tires, and we get all of that stuff. And then we turn around, and after we finish there, because all the other young professionals, now remind you, we didn't have a, a pot to you know what in and a window to throw it out of, but we would go to Buco and Beppo and we would just live it up, you know, and then we'd leave there and go to the wine bucket with the other, you know, young professionals, and I'd say, Give me a flight of wine, and I want to sample it all. And, and ooh, this is very fruit forward, and I can taste the fruity notes. And da, da, da. we do all of this, get up, go to church on Sunday, give God ten dollars, and then we go to for start work on Monday, and then have near grocery nowhere in the house. So what do you do? You make a pot of chili, and you make some spaghetti. And that lasts you the whole week. And when you get to Sunday, you wait for grandma to call and say, baby, I got food over here. 
What is the point of the story? All of us, most of us in here, have the money to do what we want when we want to do it. When it's something you want and you want to go out and get it, most of us in here can go out and get it. When that Apple iPhone comes out and you're ready for it, you don't worry about what you're going to do for eating for the next week and paying a car note and nothing else. You are up front, down the line, at Verizon, ready to pay cash for your phone. Now, you ain't been able to afford much of nothing else, but you can show up to pay cash for your phone down at Verizon. My point is, is I don't want us to be sitting here right now thinking in a place of lack. I want you to be thinking in a place of abundance. Most of you are able to move around and do what you want in the world when you want to do it. When you've got to do something to take care of your family or to take care of your mother or to take care of your kids or to take care of somebody in need, you are able to move around and to figure out how to do the thing it is that you need to do. You are already living in a place of abundance. What is it to give God 10% for 40 days out of the gratitude for what God has already done for you? It is nothing but a small sacrifice to say, God, thank you for what you have done. Thank you for all of the trips to the wine bucket. Thank you for all of the trips to Buka Tobacco. Thank you that I can get up and eat what I want when I want to eat it. Thank you I can put gas in my car when I need to put gas in my car. We ain't rich. We move stuff around the same way you do in your house. 40 days. What is it to give God thanks? Here is what is the interesting thing. When it comes to depossession, how do we show God that our money doesn't possess us? See, here's the reason people are falling asleep and pouting and can't, don't want to pay attention right now. It is worth you asking yourself, what hold does money have on you that it is frustrating you right now that I'm even asking you about 10%? What hold does money have on you that it has you not wanting to listen to this sermon? So whether or not you decide to give the 10%, if only thing you leave with from here is this, why did I get uncomfortable when the pastor asked for 10%? Why did I get uncomfortable when the pastor said and encouraged me to give out of gratitude for all that God has done for me? So if your mind is twisted up about it, that's a good question to go home and ask. What is it about my money and it possessing me that keeps me from living in a place of abundance and ingratitude. Amen. I repeat, it's 40 days. I don't, we don't need the money to build a, a, a satellite on TV. <laughs> we don't need the money for a jet. We don't really even need the money because the giving the way it is is good. We are good. But I think this church has so much potential, so much possibility to do so many great things in Spring Branch. And the thing is that sometimes we don't realize it, but that's a light beam. You flush that toilet, that's a water beam. All of these things cost and we have to come together to do it. 
Here's another part. For three years now, we have been in a building phase, building up the church, growing the church, even after our church, we've kind of been in that moment. It is time for us to get out of survival mode and pay the light bill mode and to get into we're out in the streets mode. It is time for us to be ready to welcome the people who are in need. We have someone today who showed up in need. We have someone who shows up one to two to three to four times a week who are in need. We have got to get out of our own survival mode so that we can get into reach out mode. It is time for us to stand up and be the St. Peter United that God has called us to be. This church launched Spring Branch. And in 10 years, Long Point is going to be just like Bagby. And we are sitting dead smack in the middle of Long Point. If giving out of gratitude is not going to do it for you, if giving out of your abundance is not going to do it for you, if me saying the Bible tells, tells you to do so is not going to do it for you, let me appeal to your ego. Why don't this do it for you? When you pull up in this driveway five or ten years from now, and there's a whole new great building standing here, and there's nothing but restaurants and coffee shops and, and a park and a church that's reaching out and hiring people and making a difference in Spring Branch. And the train to go to Dallas is right down at the end of Long Point. When you pull up and see that magnificent property, I want your ego to rise up and say, oh, guess what? I did that. I did that. I put my money in and I did that. These names that are on these pews are so you will know, these people wanted you to know, they did that. The name on that pulpit is there so you can know they did that. There's a plaque on my office door that one person donated money for to say, I did that. So if all of the other religious stuff doesn't mean anything to you, then join us in building something great and amazing to rival all of the other churches in this area. We can become the progressive flagship church right here in Spring Branch. We can show them all that God has been good to us and we are ready to be good and gracious and abundant out in this community. Don't you want to be a part of something great? Don't you want to belong to the move of God in the world? Imagine a church doing so well that when some of you are out of a job, I can say, guess what? I got a six-month job for you. I got a job for you. We'll take care of you. And we'll put you on the insurance. We got you covered. Six months, that's what I got. That's what I would do. But that is the kind of amazing thing we can do. So for the next 40 days, it's about giving to that grand vision. I can't give it all to you now because it'll make your head explode and you'll be like, I don't see it. But I hope you can trust that. I'm not interested in running off with your money and nobody here is trying to get rich behind your money. What I'm interested in us doing is building an amazing and wonderful church. 
one that we can all be very proud of, but it will take every last one of us to do it. Do you receive that? Amen. Amen. Amen.